Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We're back with episode two of season two of the 50 plus one football podcast, your home for all things Bundesliga, Premier League, and European competition. With me, as always, the, I'd say, Serge Gnabry to my Leroy Sané now. That's the, that's the new beauty on Byron's wings, Billy. Oh, babe. Oh, babe. This week, we have all the action from week two of the Premier League, including a disaster class at Old Trafford, the opening weekend of the new Bundesliga season, and we'll take a look at a humiliation in Bavaria, and some rather juicy transfer news. Oh, it's juicy. (laughs) Can we start with the Premier League, and can I get it over with? Uh, I... Ladies and gentlemen, this is where you prepare yourselves for the oncoming rant of Billy Andrews about the disaster at Old Trafford. Three, two, one, go! (laughs) I'm over it. It's fine. (laughs) This is your cue, bro. This is your cue. (laughs) If we did this yesterday, I would have gone on an absolute tirade. It would have just been an onslaught. Yeah, so do it for the ratings. Do it for the ratings. Do it for the ratings. Do it for the listens. For the clicks. Like, players were so lackluster. I remember you taking a very, very intricate dig at Luke Shaw and Fasu Mensa, if I'm remembering my facts correctly. Yeah, and I know know why Fasu Mensa started. It's because Wan-Bissaka hadn't trained as much as everyone because he'd been quarantined and all that, but he still... Fosu Mensa, there's a reason he didn't play for us for three years up until Palace away at the back end of last season. Yeah, I've I've put as well uh, that Shaw and Fosu Mensa were just out of their depth for that game. Well, I don't know whether Shaw was out of his depth. I mean, Luke Shaw has not been great for ages. <laughs> so, that, so he was in his depth, but you know, it was, his depth is just not very... <laughs> Luke Shaw has not been the same since his leg break in 2014 against the Wolfsburg. Yeah, that's that's depressing as well. How old is he now? He's I want to say like mid to late twenties now. I was about to say because his leg break was pretty early in his career. It was like when he was. It was his our second age. year at Old Trafford. Second year at United. Oh, we that's just Wolfsburg. depressing. He's twenty-five, so to be fair, he's still relatively young. Yeah, I know, but if you think about it, his leg break that came at age nineteen. Wow, that's a pretty hefty injury to have, you know, for that. You know, and obviously there's going to be a, a caution after you break after you have a, a break like that. But it, it wasn't just Luke Shaw. I, a lot of fans pick Luke Shaw and blame Luke Shaw because of the fact that that same day Spurs announced the signing of Sergio Reguilón, <laughs> and it was a left back we were linked with for ages. And we'll talk more about it later. But people single him out, and I. I'll talk about the game. So Palace were hungrier. They wanted it more. The penalty, don't get me started. One, that's not a penalty. 
there's a couple of instances where both should not have been a penalty. One where I think it was a Bamiyang in Arsenal's 16 yard. I want to say it was a Bamiyang. Anyway, uh, it was Gabriel. Bo- oh, that's exactly the one. The same yeah. thing as Lindelof. Was he- that's what I'm saying. And it doesn't and it doesn't even, you know, warrant a VAR decision. And then Lindelof's gets flagged. I think that's a bit harsh. It was a soft it- if it had been given, or both instances, if it had been given, it is the softest penalty on earth. And in my opinion, as you just said, definitely not a penalty. Yeah, okay, so he gets given and De Gea saves it. It's a shit penalty from IU, but De Gea saves it. It's the third penalty I've ever seen him save. The other one was Leighton Baines a, a few seasons ago, and the other one was against Van Persie. Jesus, you're going way back if you're quoting you're quoting times when Leighton Baines and Robin Van Persie were still in the Premier League. Literally. Jesus. But play goes on for about four or five minutes. And then you just hear Gary Neville soul just leaves him on commentary. It's just <laughs> oh, he's gonna make him take that again. It's like, oh, I, I can't believe that they, they let that much time go, though. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, at that point, you just let it go. Everyone's made their peace with the decision. Like, come, or everyone's made their peace with the decision and the, you know, the consequences and the following turn of events. Like, why are you, why are you flagging that after four or five minutes? Like, I'm sorry, at that point, no one cares. Well, I said this at the back end of last season. The Premier League is the best league in the world with the worst officiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example, Mike Dean, West Brom against, who was it? Everton, West Brom Everton. Okay, so Kieran Gibbs gets sent off just before halftime because oh, yeah. he punched Hamas Rodriguez in the face. That's a red card. I'm not disputing <laughs> Love not that. <laughs> the written rule is you're not allowed to go onto the pitch to talk to the referee. You have to do it in the tunnel or outside his dressing room at half time. Yeah. But West Brom are in a porter cabin in the car park. <laughs> so how is Slavan Bilic supposed to talk to Mike Dean and ask him why Kieran Gibbs got sent off? Because that's what he was asking. He didn't swear at him. He didn't threaten yeah, him. I mean, anyone that's watched Slavan Bilic manage before at West Ham He's, He's hot-blooded anyway. He isn't calm in that sense, but he was calm in this specific... Yeah, and he gets area. a red card, and it's like, oh, fine, did we just... And Gabby Bonnehall called him out on it today. He said Mike Dean's the most arrogant person in general, not just a ref or a football, just in general. <laughs> but yeah. we can talk about that. So Zaha takes the second penalty, buries it, great penalty. 2-0 Palace. Pogba comes off. He wasn't at the races. Like, no one was. It's, you can't single anyone out for this because everyone was shit apart from Donny van der Beek who came on, played really well, found spaces, found passes that no one found, scored, make it 2-1. And then Zaha goes down the other end, bullies Lindelof, who I, I think I said it to you, he's just a Swedish Phil Jones at this point. <laughs> like, it's not even wrong. <laughs> Play, play Maguire or Lindelof. Don't play them together. That's that was my yeah. That was my point. That was my main point for United v Palace was Maguire and Lindelof is just not a feasible center back duo if you want to you know win games. Just isn't. Well, what, what you know, are you Maguire trying? Maguire and Eric Bailly maybe. 
but that's what but that's what I'm saying. You need someone agile and quick who can account for Maguire's lack of pace. The only thing is Eric Bailly's got like glass knees. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is is Victor Lindelof is just not that, you know, agile, quick center back that needs a partner um Harry Harry Maguire because if he Lindelof ideally needs the same guy partnering him because Lindel, he needs someone to you know, account for his lapses in concentration, if you will. Yeah. Or or his or his crap positioning. Because I'm I mean, as much as it pains me to say, Lindelof just isn't a center back that is up to scratch if you want to play for Manchester United. It's not just that. It's not the lapses in concentration. You can you can get away with a couple of those because people are human. But he's yeah, just but not still. he's just not physical enough. He gets bullied by everyone. And anyone that can go one on one with either one of them, or if you've got they did it, they targeted them both. They had are you running with Lindelof? Zaha running at Maguire. And it's just It's not gonna go well. It's just not fun to watch. But there was another positive. We, it could be a positive. I said it to you. Ed Woodward was sat in the stands. So the, the guy that writes the checks to buy the players watched that utter shit show. <laughs> and if that, you know, this is the team that he's built. This is Ed Woodward's legacy. A team that gets bullied 3-1 by Crystal Palace. I don't want to... <laughs> it's pathetic. Okay? I've said it before. He, he's not fit for football. Van Hal said it as well. Like at Bayern, they have football people. When he was there at Barca, football people. At United, it's run by an ex-banker. By all means, keep him on for marketing. To do the marketing, he's yeah, great. He's part of the reason the current team that's won fuck all makes so much money. Yeah, but I mean, I'd also I'd also argue that even though Barcelona have football people in their management, their president hasn't done. I mean, I went in on him well, or on Spanish yeah. clubs in general, a couple of or last uh, in our last season of this, uh, of this podcast saying that Spanish clubs just, they buy for sake of shirt sales and not much more. So I'm not sure how much, you know, they really have football people running the show, but you're completely right. I mean, any club really, Byron definitely, you know, example number one, but also there are a bunch of other clubs. Yeah, you just need someone who, you know, will actually put a team together that is, you know, a feasible team or that can you can make some you can make a cohesive unit out of because I basically I think you said this as well. It was basically as if as if it was a a big big middle finger by United's manager to the to Ed Woodward saying if you're not going to get the players I need, I will screw you over on the pitch with the team I put out. Yeah. And all I'm going to, I'm going to make one final point before we move on to Chelsea Liverpool, because I don't want this to turn into a, oh, let's hear what he's blown his lid on this week about United. I don't want it to turn into <laughs> that because people just, it's not fun for people that don't like United to listen to. Don't worry, guys. There won't be a match every week where United will, you know, actually <laughs> well, be playing. <laughs> well, to be fair, we didn't think that we would have to comment on this game this week, but you know, here we are. True. <laughs> but the last thing, you know, you look at the players that Solskjaer's brought in: Wambasaka, Maguire, Fernandez, Van der Beek. 
All of them they're, have yeah, they're improved good signings. our team individually in areas. So why I mean, are so- they not backing him? If he wants Jaden Sancho, buy him Jaden Sancho. There's clearly a reason he wants him. Okay, but ju- you've it, just I, I know it. it's not as easy as that because you can't just write a hundred and twenty million pound check. No, no, that's not what I'm. That's that's not what I'm getting at. But I re- I remember sending you something that was literally it was a Gary Neville quote right after United United's loss, saying we can talk about Jaden Sancho all we like, but until Manchester United get a centre back who can run and defend one on ones, they're never going to win the league. Yeah, and obviously there's been centre back scouted. So buy, pay the money for that centre-back. There's no rumour saying that we won't pay 23 million euros for Alex Tellers from Porto. <laughs> like, oh my God. Sell Chris Smalling and just fund it with that. Because rumours managers I, it, come out and said, I want Chris Smalling. I've got three centre-backs. I need Chris Smalling in my team. Use yeah, it against him. If you want him that badly, you'll pay the 20 million we want for him. I'm going to move on because I'm sick to death of moaning and talking. But this was week one of, the pre- of United's Premier League season. Tune in next week when we lose to Brighton. <laughs> and he just said he didn't want it to turn into a podcast about whining about Man United's performances. <laughs> I can't help it. Every, you know, <laughs> everyone's been badgering me about it. I was about to say, guys, if you, if United keep giving a giving him a reason to, it'll make you guys want to uh, want United to play better, just so we have something else to talk about on this pod, won't it? Exactly. So you guys United, all become United if fans. United win. <laughs> United, even if we lose but we play well, I won't complain. Hmm. I'll, I'll complain a little, but I won't go I in say, on people. But I let's you know, let's move on let's to move the, swiftly on. Chelsea v Liverpool. This was basically the heavyweight clash that everyone wanted. Everyone wanted to see, especially because Jurgen Klopp and Frank Lampard got into a war of words before this match, with Jurgen Klopp attacking Chelsea about spending so much. To which I have to say, you know, I'm sorry. I love Jurgen Klopp as a manager. He is an unreal manager. Has done wonders with that Liverpool team. But buddy, you cannot be saying jack shit because you spent 432 mil. Since taking over, uh, taking over Liverpool, uh, don't start attacking Chelsea for spending money, especially when they didn't spend anything last summer. I, I mean, I, they couldn't have, but that, I, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, obviously, but that's what I'm saying. They didn't spend anything last summer. At the end of the day, they had a zero, like they had a big fat zero in expenditures, so or expenses. I don't get. Anyways, heavyweight showdown. Did it live up to the hype? I think hype. I think so. It was a good game to watch. Yeah, everything. Goalkeeping mistakes, a straight. Oh, red. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, but first of all, Andreas Christensen's. What are you doing? I was going to say, you want to talk about Maguire and Lindelof not being able to defend? We talk about Andreas Christensen. Andreas Christensen just had he he runs. I'm sorry. At the end of the day. I'm still always baffled by defenders wanting to take you know the. You know, take the L on and draw a straight red by being last man. Because if you're last man, just let him run and hope that your goalkeeper might save the situation. Because even if you go go a goal down, it's still level pegging when you look at the teams in terms of eleven v eleven. And I'm sorry, but Liverpool, just to beat Liverpool, you already have to have a damn good day playing eleven v eleven. If you're going 
against up against Liverpool, one man down, you're just going to have to hope for a miracle that you get even a point out of the whole thing. Well, it shows how much faith Christensen had in Kepa because Kepa <laughs> was coming for it. He called for it. And Christensen mm-hmm. was like, nah. It was and like I guess fatality. it's an interesting point. <laughs> it's an, I was about to say he really just decked, he decked money. That, that was, you know, I think anyone, anyone who watches the NFL would have said, you know, a tight end in the NFL wouldn't have been able to do better. But and, yeah. And I, then uh, just the first, what, 10 minutes of the second half. I was just all Liverpool. All they, just, just, <laughs> they just completely fell to pieces. A gorgeous header from Mane. Uh, the whole play up until then was just unreal. Well, I mean, Firmino, I, I, I give was... Roberto Firmino a lot of shit. I yeah. say that he, he brings nothing, but it was actually a really nice cross for Mane. I was about to say, Mane basically, I mean, if, if we're being honest, the game was pretty much going to be over, or put it this way, the most Chelsea were getting out of that match was a point, if at all, after the straight red. Because, as I said, you're not going to beat Liverpool 10 v 11. It's just not going to happen. No, but you're a goalkeeper. Oh, it just, it does hurt to watch Kepa because it's just, <clears throat> you can, I know exactly the psychological crap that goes on inside your head when you make a mistake or, you know, you just, you don't have a good run of form and he just, it, I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, I think it'd probably be best for both parties if he, if he left and found himself another club just so he could have a fresh start and, you know, Chelsea don't have to plague themselves with his mistakes. He doesn't have to, you know, feel like shit every so often. And he doesn't have, you know, the dark cloud hanging over his head of the statistics that he put up last season. It's just a, the last season was just such a disaster for him. It just seems to be going, you know, from bad to worse at this point. 71.6 million is a very expensive mistake. Oh, without a shot, that's the worst part of it as well, is, is he's the most expensive goalkeeper ever. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to be a little bit kind to him and say, why, as Chelsea, are you trying to play out of the back when you've got Firmino, Salah, and Mane all running at you, who, ha- who are probably the paciest front three in the Premier League? Because every why Premier are you trying to play out of the back? now has a fetish for playing out from the back because it's apparently unattractive to play long ball football. If you've got a I player mean, like Timo Werner, against Liverpool's high exactly oh just exactly that's why I'm not that's that's why I'm saying you know they put they put Kepa in a crap position to be you know to either of course being in the situation he is and the run of form he is he's obviously going to overthink every single thing the minute you start overthinking that's when the mistakes happen um but he's that's just uh it he just had nowhere to go I mean the sensible thing would have been if he just hoofed it wherever and not tried to play out the back would you I mean, like? Would you like another bit of a? Oh, go on. Quite, quite Hit funny me. timing for uh, something to come out. So, mm. you know my love for this man, Fabrizio <laughs> Romano. The don of it football was like reporting. Five minutes after that Kepper mistake, yeah, put on Twitter that it's a hundred percent done and all signed that Chelsea signing Edouard Mendy from Ren the Senegalese goalkeeper, for 20 million. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, who's buying? Yeah, okay, so you said it's best for all parties if he leaves. Who's, who's buying that keeper? Because no one will pay what Chelsea bought him for. They're going to take a massive loss. 
I'm sorry, but Chelsea have to be, they have to definitely be, they have to become friends with the idea that they're going to take a massive loss because there is no it's way you're going to market that. Key. Million. I can guarantee you right now, 100%, no one in their right mind will pay what they paid for him. It's oh, not well, going to happen. They'll be lucky if they get 50 for him. 50? Are you kidding? They'll be lucky if they get 20 for him. Given his recent run of form, I don't care if he's a Premier League goalkeeper or not. He's not going to be getting raking in more than 20 or 30 million pounds. It's not going to happen. He's right now, he, what he needs, what he would probably be best for him is to go to some Europa League team anywhere in Europe, preferably one of the, Europe, one of the top five leagues. Go to some Europa League team where he can rebuild his confidence. There's no pressure on him. And he can, you know, figure his career out. He's 25. If he keeps this up, he's going to be ruining, you know, his prime years. I can't wait to ask Louis about that. But you know what's going to happen. They're going to stick him at second choice. And they're just going to oust uh, what's his, Willy Caballero, who, in my opinion, doesn't deserve that. It, it is, exactly. And that's the, that's the depressing part. And I think Kepa doesn't deserve that. Because then you're going to have another situation of, you know, a carrier situation where they, no one gives that goalkeeper a chance to, a chance to rebuild. Yeah, but Karius was pretty terrible. I mean, we'll take into consideration that he was playing apparently completely concussed, but you know, what for his entire re- loan spell at Besiktas as well? Was he oh, concussed well, that, then as oh, well? Oh no, no, no! I'm not, I'm not defending that part, but that part oh. you can definitely attribute just to the fact that mentally he was out of it. Because Jurgen Klopp said after that game, he didn't attack him or anything, which I think was a very big thing, and it was the, exactly the right thing to do. But what he did say was, you know. Nights like those can sometimes ruin careers, and I hope it doesn't happen for him. But I think, I mean, I think two years on, I th- we can safely say that it definitely deck carries his career. See, that's the difference between me and Jurgen Klopp. If one of my players did that on Football Manager, I release them the next day. Okay, this is why you're not a Premier League winning manager. Yeah, that's Sorry, the bro. reason that I'm a Premier League winning manager <laughs> at 23 years of age. That's the only reason. Yeah, but that's I, a- <laughs> I release my players after one mistake. But moving on to uh, some, uh, I think a ray of sunshine in Chelsea's performance was uh, Timo Werner showing that he was definitely there from the first minute of the Premier League. He is definitely worth the investment they made. I know he hasn't scored and, you know... Kind of a striker's jobless. Yeah, yeah, but here's, here, hear me out. If, oh, but he's won two penalties. Okay, that was my point. Why are you going to try it? Why are you trying Sorry. to take my point away from me? Anyways, every, I think every new player, especially when they change the leagues, they need a little bit of time to get accustomed to that league and to the style of play in that country. If this is his way of accustoming to the style of play in the Premier League, I think you know, Chelsea can be very happy. Because even if he hasn't scored two, uh, he hasn't scored two goals, he's won two penalties in two games. And that's literally down to his acceleration and change of pace and change of direction. That is just so unbelievably quick that you know defenders can't deal with it. I'd argue that the penalty he won against Liverpool was a soft one to give, especially because Thiago already pulls away from you know going in from running into him because he already sees that Vano's going to be past him by the time he gets there. But you know that's just that's just down to the type of player he is, and I think Timo Vano has definitely shown that he is going to be a very good or very. I'd say even a great asset to that Chelsea team. Can I 
put a gray cloud in that ray of sunshine that is Timo Werner? Go for it. This is why this is why we're doing this. Uh, you know, between two people, not just one person in front of a microphone. Let's be honest. Oh no, it's not about Timo Werner. It was just I wanted to be negative about a Chelsea player. Kai Havertz oh. was lumped off at halftime. You know, he could have taken Mason Mount off. He could have taken anyone else off, but he opted for. Uh, I know it's only two games in and it's a different country, but he's really not having a good time of it. No, he's not. He he will. Don't get me wrong. I've got no doubt that he will. Something will click with him, but it's not happened for him. It definitely. I'm I'm with you. I'm in in complete agreement with you because he definitely hasn't shown why he's worth you know eighty million euros, possibly a hundred, but. I'm going to ask you, if you buy someone for that much money, why wouldn't you play them at their preferred position? Well, I said this to you, didn't I? Why are you playing in right wing? Why are you not playing in the he's, he's not a winger. He's not. He's six foot two. That's not a winger. You don't put a six foot two guy at the wing. Especially, uh, it. It baffles me because he. I looked at the team sheet when they when when it was announced before the game, and I looked at it and I was like, "Why is he playing? He's playing, you know, it's a solid midfield three, but it's a you know, I'd say I'd argue a very defensive midfield three if you look at Jorginho, yeah, Kovacic, and Kante. Defensive midfielders, exactly, quite defensive midfield lineup, and then you put you stick Mason Mount and Kai Havertz both on the wings." What are you trying to achieve? The only way I could see that working out was if he tried, you know, like the like a like a pine tree system almost, where you play a four three two one. But even that, that's just not effective. I don't get why he's not opting for something that'll give him a center attacking midfield position. Because if you put Kai Havertz at center attacking mid, he will do bits. I mean, he's done it for Leverkusen in the last two seasons. He's even shown that he could play striker, but I mean, obviously Chelsea already have too many strikers. But they Chelsea are just overloaded in the center when it when Chelsea are overloaded on the center mid, center attacking mid, and striking positions. But then they're spread so thin on the wings that they're resor- resorting to putting Mason Mount and Kai Havertz on the wings. You're not going to get the best out of them. No, I Christian Pul- Christian Pulisic is injured, which is probably why Mason Mount's out there. And Hakim Ziyech is also injured. Give, Which is probably I give why him. Kai Havertz is out there. So, who do you, you know, if he wants to play those three defensive midfield players, are you going to not play your record signing? It baffles, it baffles the hell out of me. They've got because Calum hudson Adoy who they could easily stick on the wings, especially, I'm sorry. Again. That's what I'm saying. He's He's been... He's used the whole last season basically saying, you know, we're going to play with what we've got and I'm going to, what we've got is a bunch of youngsters. You know, I'm not, I'm going to, and then I'm going to give the youngsters a chance. I realize that you've now made investments on the wings, but the, the, if those investments are injured, then you're back to the same story as last season. And then you should play with what you've got. And what you've got is Callum Hudson-Odoi and Callum Hudson-Odoi is a great winger. Give him the time. It's and fine. don't stick your 80 million euro signing on the wing where he doesn't want to be and you're not going to get the best out of him. It's fine. Frank Lampard will do that for a season. He'll get the sack and then buy it on just coming and buy Harvard's like 50. 
<laughs> I'm cool I mean, now. Is it? Uh, okay, guys, you heard it here first. So moving on from Chelsea's baffling lineups, lineups and formations and player picks. Honorable mentions for the weekend. Not only did Hyung Min Son get four great goals against Saints, they were four wicked passes from Harry Kane. They kind of switch roles there. It's usually Son assisting Kane with this, but today, exact opposite. That last one for for Son's fourth, it was it was running away from goal towards the the byline. It yeah. was just inch perfect. The whip on that is absolutely unreal. But you add Gareth Bell to that front three. Son, uh, of, Kane, of and Bale. Oh. Yeah, Son, Kane, and Bale at the expense of Lucas Mora. The, the issue is, can you keep Gareth Bell and Harry Kane fit all season? I was going to say, those two more or less have glass legs. Oh, Gareth Bell's got muscles like wet tissue paper. I was about to say, they tear every five seconds. Which is probably why we won't see him... Which is probably why we won't see him play for Spurs till next month now. Because I don't think he's going to play against Orient on Tuesday. No, they already... Conf- I, I thought it was already confirmed that because of his medical, um, Spurs were not going to, play, not going to be playing him ah, see, until about just, October. I thought it was just a rumour because there was rumours going around that he failed the medical and all these Spurs fans on Twitter were like, what? No, can we sign him anyway? That's, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened because I think during his medical, they found something, I think in his knee or in his thigh, something, something that wasn't completely... Sure. Uh, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, you know... Pretty golf injury, let's be honest. I'm laughing if that was the case. <laughs> but moving on from that, Leeds win their first Premier League game in 16 years with, you know, a game that every football fan wants to see, 4-3. It was a great game, but if Leeds don't, I don't, you know, fair play for scoring four goals. Full, in my mind, Fulham are already down after two. <laughs> they just don't look at it. I, I said to one of my one of my mates, it's like that is the most championship game I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's yeah. constant end to end defensive mistakes. Leeds going forward are unreal. That's Helder the only Costa, reason they're up there, though. Patrick yeah. Bamford. They will have, you know, when Rodrigo settles in, I'm sure he'll get a few. Pablo Hernandez is still going strong. But if they can't learn to defend... Oh, they're not going to survive against any team in the top half of the Premier League, let alone well, the top six. look at what six. happened against Liverpool. They scored three goals. Normally, three goals in a Premier League game is enough. Oh, not against Liverpool. But you, That's what I'm if saying. you can't yeah, defend, exactly. you concede four. And it doesn't help when they've their first choice goalkeeper isn't great, and their backup is Kiko Casilla, who is worse than Kepa. Yeah, <laughs> ideally you'd stick uh, you'd stick Kepa in uh, in in the league's goal. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird one. Leeds going forward are gonna hurt teams, but you watch them in their opening two games, and you're gonna get three or four chances against that Leeds defence and keeper. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to be all negative because they did win and fair play to them for winning. But you've got to be realistic with it. If you defend like that, you know, how many times this season are Fulham going to score three goals in a game? 
Definitely not against top six sides. Definitely not against bottom six half the time. Exactly. I know it's not unfair to say they're already down, but in my mind, they're already... They just don't look good enough. They give the ball away too easily. They're weak defensively. Fun. Our... <laughs> I, I'm like writing a team off after two games. It's a bit harsh, but I think we'll see at the end of the season if it plays out. I think we need to start, we need to start writing down all the predictions that we make. Uh, well, I haven't got enough time to move. <laughs> exactly. Time to move on to the Bundesliga, where we've had our first match day of the new season, and we got it started off with what did you say it was in the introduction? A, a humiliation, humiliation in Bavaria. That was a one. We've had our first match week of the Bundesliga, and we already know who's won. Yeah, I can't even argue with you uh, with you there. But I mean, I went into this topic last season as well, and I just said, you know, too many teams in the Bundesliga don't have the balls to just go and say, yeah, we want to win the title. This is our this is our goal. I'm not talking about you know teams like, you know, Union Berlin who are supposed who are who are just playing their second season of Bundesliga in their club's history. I'm not talking about teams like that. You know, making their making their their goal to win the Bundesliga, but I'm talking about teams, you know, like Bayer Leverkusen, like Wolfsburg, like, you know, teams that are genuinely in the top six or eight places that they just have the balls to say, you know what, this year we're going to try and challenge for the title. We're going to try and challenge to get top four. Get teams like, like Dortmund, Gladbach, Leipzig. Leipzig are doing it, but Dortmund, Gladbach, Leverkusen, they could all be, you know, the, their bosses could just have a little bit more faith in the team and, you know, make their, make the goal and, and try and work towards that goal of winning, of winning the league. Because as long as they don't do that, and as long as they, you know, they, they're shitting themselves every time they go into the season and they don't want to put their team under too much pressure, that is the reason why Bayern are going to walk all over this league. I mean, it doesn't help when every team around you sells their best players. So That's Leipzig also- sell Timo Werner. Dortmund, they haven't done it this window yet, but they have a habit of selling their best players. The only reason they didn't sell their best player in Jaden Sancho was because they didn't get, in, get the money they wanted for him. Not That's yet. the only reason. I'm still clinging to that. I mean, Not- in the notable mentions, I, I, or I, before... I wanted to say this during the transfer news, but you've kind of already broached the subject. I'd say the fact that Jaden Sancho started a game for Dortmund and it was the first match day of the Bundesliga season pretty much rules out that he is going to go anywhere before the 5th of October. I mean, does it though? I mean, there is still like two and a half weeks left of the window. Yeah, but this is how this is what I, this is why I'm I'm very confident because Dortmund said for I know Dortmund first said you know they had a deadline internally where they said you know if he's still there by the time we go off to training camp to prepare then we're, then he's not going anywhere. I would have said that's a bit ambitious, but you know go for it. And then you know when the step when rumors started heating up afterwards, I was like yeah I think they just kind of you know shot themselves in the foot there, but. What I was, what I did tell you a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still pretty sure of that now, is that if he is in a Dortmund shirt in that on that first Bundesliga match day, he is not going to leave this summer. I mean, to be honest, I've given up on it. Really, 
Well, then they're getting Ivan Perisic on loan. Ugh. Jesus. He's a decent player. He did, he did bits for Bayern. He was one of the reasons that they won the treble. Yeah, but you think about the play. I don't want to bring this back. He's good for one, se- he's good for one season. That's the problem. You guys, you I mean. We don't, squad we don't from- want those short-term fixes anymore. Anyway, let's talk Schalke's demoralizing defeat. So you put eight past them. We're getting pretty used to putting eight past any team. The only good news is for Schalke is that they can say now we're at least as bad as Barcelona or at least as good as Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona scored twice. Put it this way, their defensive uh, prowess is as good as Barcelona's. Well, uh, hey, that Leroy Sané looks some player. Who would have thought? (laughs) The guy comes in not even fully 100% fit and scores a goal and provides two assists. Just going to put this out there again. Bayern medical team have said he is not 100% fit. All I'm saying is it baffles me. There must have been an attitude problem at City. Because his first season, he won PFA Young Player of the Year. He was unreal. Yeah. And then it just sort of just dropped no, off. Here's the thing. It's, it's also Hansi Flick again. I think showing that he just has that perfect feel for, you know, personalities. It was the same thing that made Jupp Heynckes so good and the reason that Bayern won the treble under Heynckes. It's the fact that you have a coach who, uh, and a manager who knows not, not just how to do the tact or how to put the tactics and use the players that he's got and use the perfect tactics to make the team play well. He also knows exactly how to keep the team harmony and talk to players and get the best out of them. Which is why I think he's going to be able to get Leroy Sané into the type of player that doesn't just think about going forward, but also thinks about defending. And I think he will definitely be able to curve that attitude problem. Yeah, I think whether he just wasn't happy in England, whether he just wanted to be back in Germany. I probably could be. That, you know, he would have been at Bayern last season had he not done his ACL in the community shield. I think everyone knows he would have been at Bayern. Every, yeah, definitely. But I mean, the best thing is that it wasn't even Leroy Sané who stole the show. It was Serge Gnabry who goes and bags a hat trick. I mean, four minutes in, the game was already done. Long well, ball from I, Kimmy. I text, you four, I text you four minutes in. Congratulations yeah. on winning the 2020-21 Bundesliga. I mean, it, just... I'm sorry, but not many players can take a 50-yard ball... First touch down, second touch turn on a dime, spinning the defender in the process. Third touch, put it top bins past the keeper, all in the span of about three seconds. A gentle reminder, Serge Gnabry was not good enough for West Brom. (laughs) Every time. Well, you know, what else am I going to do? Also, he's been rated 82 pace on FIFA 21. EA utter, Sports, sort your shit bullshit. out. <laughs> Jaden Sanchez is like 83. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, but none of the ratings on EA, on EA Sports for FIFA 21 make any sense. So when I get that game, I, you, can, you best believe that I'm going to go through and you know, make those ratings what they should be. You best believe I'm putting their pace bars up to 99. Nah, the only person who gets their pace anywhere close to 99 is Alfonso Davies because... We do know stati- the statistics have measured him 
as being the fastest player on this planet. He's clocked literally the fastest time or the fastest speed. So he should the FC by that logic. Meet me. Also, can we just talk about just one quick thing? Talk about Kimmich becoming such an elemental player in that Bayern midfield. I mean, he's going to kind of have to be now that Thiago's gone and Javi Martinez is crap. Not much more than rotation. Yeah, there was rumor of Fiorentina wanting him. I don't know what happened with that. Not just Fiorentina. He was supposed to go back to Athletic Bilbao. Crazy. It would have been, it would have been good, though. But also, can we appreciate yeah. how you've now, I'm going to say, you've now officially replaced Robin and Ribery. It is, it is full circle, isn't it? It's taken it really a couple is. seasons. You know, you've had to deal with Perisic and Kingsley Coman hasn't been... What we hoped. What you hope, Injuries and stuff like that do that to him. But he's been good. Exactly. But now you've got Sane and Gnabry. And Gnabry. You've got your seven and your ten back. Oh, it is, it is beautiful. And you've got a number nine who can freaking Rabona. Oh, it, oh, it was just an unseen assist. You just don't do, you don't do them things. It was pretty naughty. Oh, it's just. Watched it in slow motion. <laughs> replay on Twitter and he wept. It, I'm, you don't even have to be a Bayern fan. You don't even have to be a fan of German football to just, you know, appreciate the genius that is Robert Lewandowski. Well, I mean, quiet night for Robert Lewandowski. He only got one. (laughs) (laughs) I love how one goal is a quiet night for him. He'll go home. He'd have gone home Friday night, seething. (laughs) Only got the one damn goal. What's what's wrong, Robert, honey? (laughs) His wife would have said. Only scored once and he would have kicked a ball at the window and Shattered the window in the process. Wakes up, wakes up his baby. <laughs> Wife starts screaming at him. <laughs> Robert, no. You still scored. It's not good spent, enough. He puts his fist wall. I just spent three hours nursing him to sleep. <laughs> I want to clarify. Robert Lewandowski doesn't terrify his wife and child. <laughs> I'm sure he's a very loving husband and father. And if his Instagram is anything to judge, uh, judge by, I think uh, that Man's assumption is correct. Dream. I'll trust. But I mean, going from one heavyweight showdown, well, I'd say that wasn't a heavyweight showdown. It was just Bayern, you know, throwing down a statement saying, they said to the world, calm down, guys. We may have lost Thiago, but we still boss. An exhibition match. It was a training, it was a training match, if anything. <laughs> But moving on to the actual heavyweight match, unless you wanted to add something. No, I was going to transition to Dortmund. Gladbach. Exactly. Well. well, you ruined my transition there. Sorry. Anyways, counterattacking football at its finest? Yeah. And I do apologize for being a sarky git with you <laughs> yesterday when you text me. I'll read the text, actually. Because... Oh, actually, I'll read it how I thought you meant it and see if people agree right, with it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. Sancho and Haaland just played one of the most beautiful counterattacks I've ever seen, ending with a Sancho assist and a Haaland goal. Okay, this is, how I was, this is how I wanted it to sound. It was, Jesus Christ, 
Sancho and Haaland have just scored, have just put away one of the most beautiful counterattacks I think I've ever seen in my life. I did watch the highlights afterwards, and it. Whew. I mean, it was it was just a it was just a showcase of brilliant football. You know, I'd say, I'd go as far as to say, Bayern are like the ice cold machine that just roll over every single team, and you know, it was just pure precision passing down to the, you know, down to the millimeter, and then just scoring goals and just killing teams. Dortmund, they do it with a bit of more, with just a tad more flair. I can't wait for them to still lose to Bayern twice this season. All right, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get their to get their act together because, um, as I think Lothar Matthäus said in one of his Sky Sports columns, everything has to be perfect for Dortmund to be able to, you know, actually give Bayern a run for their money. Because the minute Dortmund will Dortmund slip up. Bayern are going to be all over that, and they're just going to run away with it. So Dalton really have to have a perfect, a, a, a perfect league, uh, league campaign, so they can have it come down to their matches against Bayern, uh, and have those matches be the deciding factor. Well, yeah, you talk about having to be perfect. I think having players like Gio Reyna, he got his first goal yesterday. Oh, it just just the it's fact not- that Reyna. It's not going to hurt them having players like Gio Reyna. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Reyna and Bellingham, two 17-year-olds combining to, make, to, to score a goal. Oh, oh uh, one thing I forgot to mention, actually. Who was the English lad that came on for Bayern? Uh, Jamal Musiala. hope I'm not butchering that name, but he you is actually... That. He's, he is now Bayern's youngest goal scorer in the Bundesliga ever. I'm 17 years old, two months, and he's um, he's he's a he's an England under I want to say under 19 or under 20s uh, national team player, um, and there's talks in Germany of ready of uh, getting him naturalized uh, so that he can play for Germany. <laughs> That's unfair. You're not allowed to do that. You've got too many good players already. I think we can deal with one more. I mean, at least he's not another English right back. Christ, someone put a list out of all the right backs we have. <laughs> Carl Walker, Trent, Wambasaka, Max Ahrens. Isn't Danny uh, Rose also a right back? He's a left back. Oh, okay. Always he's got a Tarek Lamptey at Brighton. It's You've like, got way too many. You've got Jesus. way too many. All that talk that, you know, the Jamie Carragher is like, if you're a, a fullback, you're either a failed centre-back or a failed winger. No one wants to grow up to be a Gary Neville. <laughs> we, we now have a generation of Gary Nevilles, which is a terrifying image. <laughs> oh my also, God. on the subject of young players coming on, Marvin Park came on for Real Madrid today, who is a former Tranmere Rovers youth player. Jesus. But he's not English. He's half Nigerian, half Korean, which is a great mix. It's just weird, like you don't expect Real Madrid to give young play. You know, they're the, the young English players. talent. <laughs> you don't expect them to give young players from Tranmere a chance. <laughs> you really don't. But going back to the Dortmund Gladbach game, Erling Haaland showing that this guy is hungry for goals. I'm not gonna lie; he is definitely going to give Robert Lewandowski a run for his money this season for the Golden Boot. I still think Lewandowski will pip him to it. Yeah, because I think Lewandowski right now is the best best striker ever. 
He's the best number nine in, in world football at the moment. Yeah, did I, did I just say ever? I meant... I didn't mean yeah, ever. Yeah, I was going to say, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I was about to say, he's a bit, that's, a bit far, that's a bit far-fetched. I think if he did this for another few seasons, then you could say ever, but even then... I don't think he's got a few seasons scoring like 40-odd goals. You, you don't know. I mean, he's been... Um, he himself said, you know, I feel better than I did at 26. And I think I still could play till I'm 38. So, we'll you see. know. Eventually, his legs are going to go, though. He's going to end up yeah, like uh, Claudio Pizzato. Uh, he's, but he's a model athlete. He's, he's basically like Ronaldo in the sense that, you know, he's eating perfectly. And that whole family is just sports-oriented. Yeah. It's just, it's unreal. But also, I think the big, the big thing was the fact that Dortmund cleared away not just any team, but they cleared away Gladbach. 3-0, as if it was nothing. I mean, they dominated Gladbach. Gladbach didn't seem to have a chance, really. And this yeah, is the team that... it happened to them last season. They lost to Union away. Yeah, yeah, but still, like Gladbach is a top four team, top four aspirated team that, you know, are playing Champions League this season. It's, they're not just any small team. It's a big team to knock 3-0, you know, right on the first match day. But we'll I have to wait and see. Like I say it's only week one. I True. obviously I expect Haaland and Sancho to bang goals in. Like Torgan Hazard got injured, which isn't great. Yeah, but they've got the depth in that squad. But again, having players like Gio Reyna to come on, there so are worse launch, things in the world. Should we launch into the transfers? Because we are slowly running out of time. Just quickly, I want a one-word answer to this question. Oh, let's hear it. You wait for Super Cup Thursday night, Bayern or Sevilla? <laughs> Bayern. That's not even. That shouldn't even be a question. Okay, I'm Sevilla sure I just don't in. have it. That's Sevilla a funny one word, Lewis. Well, I'm sorry, but Sevilla <laughs> shouldn't have even, you know, a remote chance of winning that game. Okay, well, join us paper, next week when uh, Bayern have lost that game. To Sevilla, now that <laughs> Lewis has said that. Transfers. So negative. <laughs> Transfers, Lewis. Transfers. Let's hear them. We've spoken about Gareth Bell. Back to yeah. Spurs. He said with Peter Crouch that he's back somewhere where he's loved. He's not he's, wrong. He's obviously <laughs> a dig at Madrid. Because, I mean... There was things online on Twitter, I think. He's got more goals for Real Madrid than R9. Not just anyone. Yeah, more R9. assists than David Beckham. More trophies than Zidane. The overhead kick against Liverpool would get him a statue at most other clubs. Four Champions Leagues. They hadn't, you know, they were waiting for La Decima for years. And he put that. He was. He had they a all very. They up and they win four. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. The Real Madrid disrespected that man. Of course, he's not going to get you know a glorious send off um, when he does join Spurs permanently, which I think will happen. Barred, you know, or you know, given he's not injured for the whole season, but you know, he any other club that would give him standing ovations when he leaves, but he's been disrespected by that club. Given he himself hasn't conducted him conducted himself. Yeah, in I mean, any he's form. not helped them. There's that video no. that's been going around of the Madrid team on the plane. They're all talking Spanish. Like Luka Modric is asked Gareth Bale a question in Spanish. He says they're like. 
I don't have a clue what you've just said. And that is his Real Madrid career in a nutshell. Yeah, he didn't really want to. It was the fact that he didn't try to integrate himself. Like Mark Andre Ter Stegen speaks perfect Spanish. And he's been there. He's been at Barca two years less than Bale was at, uh, was at Real Madrid. I, some players just, you know, obviously it's difficult to learn a language. So I'm not saying everyone. Yeah, can... but you're required. Like yeah, at I'm... Bayern, they require all their new, all, the, all their international players to learn German. Thiago speaks German fluently. Yeah, but some some people take to it, others don't. You know, everyone's different. I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, maybe he didn't try. Maybe he did it for like the first year, and then he went now. Sod that. If if I put my arm up, they'll know that I want it. Yeah, yeah didn't do him any harm in the first four years though obviously not but i think it does ha- does it does help when when to integrate yourself into the team and you know become part of that cohesive unit if you do put an effort in and i just think he overall he i mean there have been reports that he didn't you know join in on team nights out he didn't you know go over to he didn't try and befriend any of the players and try and do any uh do anything with the rest of the team and that's you know a stark contrast to where um, to what Sergio Ramos said in the Tony Kroos documentary, where he was like, you know, usually first day of training when some new when new player shows up and he's an international player, he's not Spanish. They go over to the rondo with the international players, not Tony Kroos. Came right over to the Spanish uh, Spanish rondo, said hello to everyone, went right in. That's the type of guy he is. And see, they're, they're, that's just a Hola, difference. <laughs> They've also signed Sergio Reguillon from Real Madrid as well. He was on loan at Sevilla. He was on loan ran, ran rings down uh, around United during the semifinal. Yeah, he was offered to us. We apparently didn't want a, a buyback clause, which is fair game. Yeah, I don't think I think I don't think United fans should be too harsh on them for not wanting that. And... No, I think it's fair enough. You don't want to have your pants pulled down by Madrid. Say he does really well this season, they can just go, cheers for that. <laughs> we'll have him back and we'll sell him to someone else for like sixty. Exactly, exactly. So obviously it'll take him some time. I don't expect him to go ahead of Ben Davies right away. Eventually you'd like to think he'd go in ahead of Ben Davis. Yeah. And it gives Spurs an entirely different dynamic because if they're going to play three five, uh, three four three, or three five two, having Reguilón at left wing back is going to be ridiculous going forward, especially when you've got people like Hoiberg in midfield who will drop back and fill his space for him. Yeah, definitely. But one that came out of the blue a little bit was Diogo Jota. From Wolves to Liverpool for forty-five yeah, th- million, and I think he's only—I think he's more of a squad depth player in that sense. I don't see him, you know, breaking into that Liverpool starting eleven. I don't know. Again, I said it to—I said it to a mate. I—I'd play Salah through the middle and take Firmino out. That's a big shout. But to then again, mate. I don't rate Roberto Firmino. Cue yeah. the witch hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he does a lot. You know, I don't watch Liverpool religiously. I only watch them when they're on and I'm bored. 
Yeah. I'm not I'm not rushing home from anywhere to put Liverpool on. So I you know I don't understandable as you I know. Maybe don't see the little things that he does off the ball like the space and the runs but I don't know. I think it's a good move for him. He's 23. He's got years ahead of him and I think he probably will break into that team at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not a squad player in the sense that Jordan Shakiri was. He's leagues ahead of Shakiri. Yeah, especially because also he's 23. Exactly. And that money that they got from Liverpool, Wolves have pumped straight into Nelson Semedo from Barca, which again yeah. baffles me. <laughs> like, why are you letting him? He's... I always got did the impression you, did, he was great. Did they not watch Semedo get spun well, yeah, like a little sure. spinning top? By Alfonso Davies. Yes, but not every team in the Premier League has an Alfonso Davies. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> Very few okay, but I'm sorry, in the most... Premier League can spin players like Alfonso. I'm sorry, a Mo Salah will definitely spin him. Okay. We've only got to play them twice in a season. <laughs> I think it's a good buy. Okay. Really? Well, it, it, for, they, for, they Wolves, Matt, for Wolves. They lost Matt Doherty to Spurs. Yeah, yeah. And also, can we talk about their third kit? Because it is, it is just, just a, a Portuguese. <laughs> it is just a, well, everyone, everyone's saying it anyway. We're might basically as well. Portugal now. We might as well put a kit to match that. But then again, that's having Nuno as boss. <laughs> I'm not saying he just exclusively scouts Portuguese players, but players look he at what he did with Jota and Neves. And it's like, he can do that for me. And Adam Atriere is, you know, Spanish, so he's almost... He, Practically he's Portuguese. He's, a, he's on the Iberian Peninsula, isn't he? It's probably... Uh, they it's they border each other, it basically counts. <laughs> I mean, that's about as true as saying, oh, he's a German. He should be doing well with the, with the Dutch. <laughs> Which, we all know, not even remotely true. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Uh, exactly. Not, not the time or the place for that joke. One last thing before we go. I wanted to mention that Barcelona have had a bid rejected by Norwich for Max Ahrens of 20 mil, who is coincidentally a right back. So they're getting 35 mil for Semedo. Is it feasible for them to then go back in for Ahrens with 30, given he's also linked with Bayern as well? Yeah, but is Max, first of all, Bayern are going going to definitely take Sergi, uh, Sergino Dest over Max Ahrens if they can get him. And, you know... Oh, the Ajax player. Yeah. And I think, is Max Ahrens really that good to warrant 30 million? I doubt it. I mean, you're not going to get 30 mil from Barca like you would if Spurs come in for him. Oh, yeah. Because you can't, say, you can't say to Barcelona, yeah, but he's young and he's English. <laughs> that doesn't work on non-English clubs. If, if any Premier League team... Yeah, but he's young and he's English. 35 mil, you can have him. Barcelona is going to go... No. I'll have a... Uh, I'm trying to think, who, who is the Barcelona right-back? Is it Sergio Roberto? Yeah, but he's... He, I, I he he's no Danny Alves, that's for sure. I thought he played midfield. No, I'm pretty sure he was converted to right back because he, he did play midfield when he scored that, that winning goal against, against PSG. PSG in that comeback. 
You got but another. I think he's been converted back to a right back. Another conversion to a fullback. Oh, who who See else has done hand. that? Who else has done that one? <laughs> I mean, it oh, worked. It's worked. It's already worked better for Alfonso Davies than it ever did for Ashley Young. I mean, Ashley Young never won a Champions League at left back. And he definitely didn't do it at age nineteen. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Christ, we can't all we can't all have generational talents in our team. Can't all have the one Canadian player who is ever going to make waves. <laughs> uh, Jose Altador for Sunderland. Thank you very much. I think he scored Josie once. Altador, Josie American. No, he's not. He's Canadian. Josie Altador played for the American national team. Oh, no, sorry. He plays for Toronto. Ignore me. Jesus. Uh, and you call yourself a football nerd. I mean, American football is not really football, is it? Okay, Bad be aware the distinction the distinction between American football Fine, and sorry, sorry. US Soccer football is barely football. The MLS is not football. Well, the MLS is basically championship level football. Not even that. It's like League Two. Nah, not that bad. Do you know what's the, Do you know what's the equivalent of League Two? Is uh, is their college Division One standard? I don't know. I reckon di- Charlton would do a very good job against an MLS team. They're League One. Okay, I put it this way: League One, I can understand, but that's why their college, their college Division One program, is actually on par with fourth tier in most of Europe, or at least in Europe's top five leagues. I would say we could talk about this another time, but um, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. The one thing I was going to, I was actually going to talk about, was Byron making a fatal error in their squad playing for the 2020-2021 season. But seeing as we don't have enough time for that. I guess that's something everyone can look forward to next week. I uh, will not be able to sleep until I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna, you're already giddy with excitement. The anticipation of this, <laughs> it's killing me. I know. It's almost as if you wanted. You bastard! Now <laughs> I'll let you wrap up. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys, to this week's episode of the Fifty Plus One Football Podcast. We will be back next week. Of course, with your rundowns of the Premier League, of the Bundesliga, of also the UEFA Super Cup, because that is this weekend. I'm sorry, this weekend, this Thursday. Anyways, we will be back next week. Thanks so much for listening. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.